0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. Today, we are discussing the Bands of Mourning, chapters 11, 12, and 13, wherein Wax and Starris go to a party, they talk to some people, things go, you know, not as badly as they probably could go, but not as well as uh, they might have hoped. And uh, on the other side of town, Wayne and Marisai visit a bank and then a graveyard and then uh, we end with gunshots, which is probably not a, a good sign, generally speaking. So I'm Data, and with me is... Jamie. Jack, And Joe. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. Revolution holds us bound. Come on down to London town. Break your back for class and crown. So yeah, it's it's been a little while for us since we recorded, and uh, I believe we uh, if if everything went as I expect, then we skipped last week. So sorry, I, we didn't let you know about that ahead of time. But uh, th- by the time we realized it that we would have to skip a week, uh, the edit- episodes were already edited and uploaded. So you know, but we're back, and I'm excited. We're we're getting deep into this book at this point. What did you guys think of these three chapters that we read this time?
1: Yeah, so they were they were a bit of fun. It was it was nice to sort of go back to a ballroom and see Wax completely uncomfortable in that situation, but you know, sort of having a little mystery to solve as well. We're not just at a ball, which is exciting. I liked <laughs> I liked Wayne's setup for going into the 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 bank and he it it had this big elaborate plan and it was going to be amazing. And then Marisai just comes in as like we're cops help us out I thought that was pretty funny yeah I still like I, I found I think with this particular trilogy just I haven't been able to really think what's coming next and then I'm like surely something something big's about to happen we're really good on the cliffhangers I think you've done a good job Data, of <laughs> ending on a cliffhanger um, and conveniently it's every two or three chapters or so which is, <laughs> is good but yeah, I just, I, I guess I'm, I'm going into them not really knowing what to expect or what's coming next, and I'm still really enjoying it. I think it's got a good balance of we've got some action and stuff happening, and then a bit of investigation and mystery and you know all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I think these chapters again were just a bit of fun. Like I, I really, I really liked reading them. I enjoyed the little nod about Marisai not blushing anymore. I was like, wow, Marisai. Our little girls growing up. <laughs> um, and Steris, I love Steris. I think she's MVP in this book so far. I could just read more about her all the time. She's she's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, she really, she's got the plans and uh, she's always on top of things. So Steris has been uh, really stepping up this book.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of, I see a little bit of Steris in myself. Definitely not, you know, not that that level. But needing to okay, what's gonna happen? Maybe I should plan out who am I gonna talk to? What's it like? I'm like, Yep, I understand that. And <laughs> just wax go, like I'm not incompetent. Like, no one said you are. Having said that, you kinda need some guidance, buddy, because you you you're not as competent in this situation as you think. So it's kinda good to see that balance and they're actually they're actually perfect for each other. Yes, it was arranged, but I just I like where their relationship's going. So
0: that's a good point. Like yeah. they kind of kind of balance each other out in uh, in skill sets in in a lot of ways. And yeah, it, uh, it's
1: a nice compliment for, for each other. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then uh, my favorite bit of Steris in the, in these chapters is that uh, the conjurer had prepared like information or like dossiers on all of these people of importance. And then he's like, "But Staris has way more detail in here." And I'm like, yeah. "She found out four hours before you left town that you were coming. How did she do that?"
1: Yeah. How does she know? And I was, I had a couple of, my mind went to a couple of places in this. I was like Hermione with her uh, time turner. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Steris must have a time turner for sure. She's a witch. That's what's happening here. That's the only way she can be this prepared.
2: She's a the other witch. Bit that I had,
1: she's a witch. <laughs> yeah, the other bit I was like, oh, she's got an extended charm on her bag too. <laughs> <laughs> was epic, epic act. I was like, where? Okay. How can it's one thing to think through the scenarios and come up with an action plan, but then to have also had time to collect necessary supplies for all of these scenarios. I'm yep. impressed.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm very impressed. I Although now, now, now every time we
2: talk about Steris I'm like, she turned me into a new, <laughs> no, 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 you're looking, you're looking at it from the wrong direction. She's this prepared and got all this equipment. She is Batman level prepared.
1: <laughs>
2: Steris is Batman.
1: All right, when she pulls out a batarang, I'm gonna be seriously impressed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like Wax was Batman last book. We had the song and everything, and so now Staris
2: has inherited it. Well, maybe like <laughs> Batman split across two people's. Like Steris mm-hmm. is the is the mental capacity, and um, Wax is the physical capacity. And dead parents. So
3: Wax That's Wax is Robin. So he's like, holy research notes, Steris. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: like it. Um. Yeah these these chapters were fun. I I agree. Like it was a lot a lot of fun when Wayne has this whole elaborate setup for getting into the back and Marisai just blows it and not only blows it but also gets exactly what they need and just like uh, yeah see I'm like oh oh I've been waiting for this just for once Wayne doesn't have all the answers and just he's not he's not just completely sure of himself like a lot of a lot of setup in all this and another cliffhanger so that was fun the. Thing that really got my attention was this rando woman at the party who comes up and starts talking to wax about you yeah, you're like one of three crashes born ever, and I just want to know how this how this shit all works. I'm just like, okay, you are definitely not from this planet. <laughs> uh, where did you come from? Who are you with? Like and there was something she said something about Redshift or something, and I yep. thought, okay, I know nothing about Warbreaker aside from the fact that it use that it has something to do with colour. So I'm like, ooh. Ooh, a warbreaker people coming into this now so i don't know what that means or what that can tell because i that's literally all i know about warbreaker but (laughs) yeah so we'll we'll see where that goes but yes like some fun little nuggets it is it is definitely all set up though and i will say wayne interacting with the grave digger was a lot of fun like i I was i really enjoyed that whole section
0: so redshift and i I think it's we've actually brought it up briefly before but so it's a It's like a physics thing where when light is moving in a certain direction or something, it looks m- more – it gets sh- – sh- the, the appearance gets shifted towards the red side of the spectrum as opposed to the blue end of the spectrum. And so that's yeah. that's one of the things about a speed bubble is that light in the speed bubble would be moving oh, differently yeah, than light outside the speed bubble. So it w- – it like theoretically, it should look like red-shifted. And it doesn't. And Brandon's explanation of that is because he doesn't want it to. <laughs> uh, because it would be it would make it like impossible to see in or out of a speed bubble if the light was all weird. So uh, he's like, that doesn't work. So we're not doing that. But it is funny that the, he, he kind
2: of hangs a lantern on that where she's like, man, why doesn't this do that? Interesting. I, I do like it when writers do shit like that. It's like, oh, you know, this wouldn't be physically accurate. And it's like, yeah, but then you don't have a book. <laughs> right. You know what else isn't realistic? Swallowing metals doesn't give you powers, but it does here, so... (laughs) But yeah, I like you both brought up the fact
0: that we we keep ending on good cliffhangers, and it's just, like, complete luck that uh, Brandon wrote us in some
2: decent cliffhangers here. Hmm. Thanks, Brandon. I was about to say thanks, BS. Like, oh, wait, no, that doesn't work.
3: Yeah, that sounds a little bad, right? (laughs) Oops. Mm. The BS Boys. That's a good (laughs) band name. Uh, yeah, these chapters were good. Uh, as Dak and Jamie mentioned, there's a lot of fun parts, a lot of little knowledge nuggets that were dropped. I think my favorite thing that was mentioned in passing was that Wayne is richer than most of Ellendale at this point, which I was like, oh, he definitely must have invested a bunch of money with that girl. And he's like super rich now. So that was a really cool little tidbit. That wasn't addressed directly, but was said by Marisai, so that was fun. The party, I just found uncomfortable, and I don't know if it's because it's mainly told from Wax's perspective and he's uncomfortable, but the party was very uncomfortable for me to read. Um, I did find the lady with the braids interesting. Yeah, I agree. She's obviously from another world. She's a researcher, so I almost wondered if it was the lady that Kelsior met in... Uh... Oh, Chris? Yeah, Chris or whatever. I almost wonder if it was her, because she is a researcher point so yeah that was that was cool Way to take
1: uh, up redigment
3: yeah Hoyd shows up which was interesting and it's funny to me that he didn't oh, recognize I forgot about that yeah it was interesting he didn't recognize Hoyd. <laughs> yeah he though, worked for you dude yeah Hoyt worked for him but i guess maybe he looked so different and he was all blind and weird and it was like the shock of this random guy poking his head out of a bush that kind of like drove that from his mind i'm sure because i'm sure that was random and shocking so yeah there was a lot of cool i feel like there, there was a lot of inside baseball in these uh that's not really the right phrase for that, but there was a lot of inside, <laughs> there was a lot of inside jokes, inside tidbits, little things left in this, which led to ultimate confusion on Wax's part, which I think was kind of the point. So, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting, interesting little section here. I agree, the stuff with Marisai and Wax or uh, with Wayne is very, very good. And but again, it does it does make me feel like they're setting up for there to be some kind of love interest between the two, and I'm I'm not about that. So, but we'll see, I guess. But yeah, overall, good stuff.
0: So I can tell you that yes, that was Chris. People because we don't get any more
2: of her in the book, and people have been like Brandon, is that who that was? And he's like, yep, that's who it was. Oh, so I thought it was I thought what? it would have been someone else because she was a like. When we saw her in Secret History, she was very, you know, keep things on the on the down low, not get involved too much. And then here, she's just like, "Oh fuck <laughs> it," just straight up talking to people about all this <laughs> random shit. I thought that doesn't seem like her at all. I thought it would be someone else Well,
3: I guess maybe it's since he's one ago. of he's one of three crashers, so she would have to ask him or one of the other two. They so I guess dead. yeah, that's true. So if she needed the information. He might have been the only one that she could get it from. And honestly. If she never shows up again, then that kind of makes it a moot point that she randomly walked up to him and talked to him. I guess, yeah.
0: But uh, I mean, in Secret History, they're like kind of hiding from like the, the the shards and the fact that this planet's about to like the world's about to end. So true. true. She had some good reasons there, and now everything's kind of hunky dory here, so she might not be as worried about uh, sticking her,
2: her her head out. Yeah, fair. Also, this raises the question: Was like that was three hundred years ago? How the hell are you still alive?
3: Yeah, that's an excellent question. Yeah, different life expectancy, maybe, or if the description's different, maybe she can change bodies or something. Maybe, maybe she uh, the jump. The description I, is
0: actually very, very much the same.
3: Okay, I didn't remember. It's been a long time since we've read Secret History. Yeah, yeah, that was forever
0: ago. I
1: just assumed that we were on a world that had magic and you could just live for ages. But wasn't it like the spirit realm or something that like the the, the
3: yeah they were in
0: the cognitive the realm,
1: cognitive yeah. realm. So you know the mind realm maybe you can just live for a really long time on other planets
3: maybe so maybe, maybe you don't maybe you don't age in the cognitive realm
0: who knows maybe not mm. the only the only person we've seen spend much time there is Kelsey and he was already dead so uh, you know he wouldn't necessarily be aging or maybe he, maybe he will we didn't see it long enough for him to like you know get old but i don't think his hair was growing or anything he didn't have to like shave
2: so <laughs> <laughs> he's just hanging out in the well I mean, for a we... year. It's like, hey, Ruin, can you get me a razor? No.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm all grizzled down here. What the hell, man?
1: We have another friend who has lived that long, and that's our good old buddy, the sexy drifter. So. true. Yeah,
2: can but he's, it's implied that he's got all kinds of other powers, though. To my knowledge, Chris uh, was just like a regular person. At least I thought.
1: Maybe you thought wrong.
2: Yeah, maybe. Maybe she's a shard. Maybe she's the shard of deception, and she's going to fucking stab everyone.
1: <laughs> shard <Shot> of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: know. Yeah. Curiosity, Deceptive knowledge, research,
0: curiosity. Possibilities. That'd just be a good shard in general, wouldn't it? Like not necessarily. It didn't. Have, it doesn't
2: have to be her, but that would be a fun one. What curiosity? Yeah, yeah. But then you got all these dead cats. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, yeah
0: on, on the planet where curiosity <laughs> was, is in charge no cats are alive
1: no cats <laughs> yeah that
0: was
3: that was dax dad joke of the week everybody <laughs> hey
2: i thought that was quite good if i say so myself
3: <laughs>
0: speaking of, of now i'm going to bring it up now uh, before i forget somebody put posted on reddit they translated the first chapter of the of uh, the Final Empire, the first Mistborn book into all street slang spook talk.
1: No, no. Why?
3: And
0: uh, or, you know what? what?
3: If you hit that, what, what do we add on Patreon? If they hit a goal, if, if they get us to like 300, I'll record it and I'll put it. Up, we could put it up. I don't care.
0: Uh, yeah, that that was that was the suggestion that people had was like, have Joe record this, but like, including his commentary on how ridiculous and annoying it is. Sure. Yeah.
1: Just get uh, Joe to uh, annotate down. it. <laughs> Footnote. That's true. Yeah,
3: Every yeah, note will be, fuck oh, this, fuck this, sense. why? <laughs>
1: <No>. The annotations <laughs> will be
3: like, OK, so this doesn't make sense because, you know, when you would normally say it, the line is this and they're saying it this way. and Really, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Wasn't with the burn,
0: <laughs> but yes. Okay, so I guess let's get into these chapters. Uh, we start out with Wax and Steris. They're in their carriage, heading for the big party, and they uh, their stained glass windows and lime lights on the outside. Kind of like it's, it's very reminiscent of the first time Vin went to one of these one of the balls when she was like, "What what's what are those lights? They're so strange and all these beautiful stained glass windows and." Steris says you're nervous, and Wax like, No, I'm contemplative, contemplative, whatever. And she goes, shall we go over the plan? He's like, What plan? And there is a reference that I thought you guys would enjoy, where he's thinking about like these quote unquote gentlemen adventurers that some of these noblemen like to consider themselves, but they mostly just sit around smoking cigars. At least that fop Jack actually le- left his rusting house.
2: I mean, yep, yeah, point.
0: So I don't
3: yeah, I don't want Fop, goddammit, I'm a dapper damn man.
2: So if
0: if uh, if Jack and Wax ever run into each other, like we talked about before, we know Wax knows who he is, at least.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. So it's not going to be a case of it's like Jack tries to kill him and Wax is like, who the fuck was that?
0: <laughs> and then Wax wants to get out and walk because their carriage is waiting in line. You know, when your carriage gets to the front of the line, you get out of the carriage, you walk up the red carpet or whatever. And Wax has no patience. And she's like, oh, come on, really? Again, like the line isn't even that long, man. But uh, no, he, he decides to uh, we're going to walk and they tell the coachman, go ahead and park. We'll call for you. If you hear gunshots, just go back to the hotel. So <laughs> it's not nice that they have prepared him for that possibility. And this is where Starris pulls out her little list. She's got the people or w- what she's got. Actually, I'm sorry, is t- conversation openers indexed to the people that they will likely work best on. Impressive. The numbers below list ways you could segue the conversation into useful areas. That is such detail. I'm just, wow, okay. I would not be able to keep that straight in my head. And yeah, that's where Wax is like, I'm not incompetent. And she's like, well, I know, but I don't want another incident like the set party. And he's like, which one? The one where you headbutted someone. All right, the smarmy little man with the ridiculous mustache. She's like, yeah, the heir
2: to the house. Just stupid sets. sorry, Lord, <laughs> Lord Westweather? Yeah. Why Why do they need weather in their name? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, you know, a little meow, meow, like like the name, so they just kept
2: using it. What was wrong with his name? I mean, aside from the fact that it was unpronounceable.
3: Right, yeah, that's that's kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah, he's like, um, he's like the boy named Sue. He's like, any goddamn name except meow meow.
2: <laughs> I'd rather him than just like this constant weather thing. That, like, why weather? It is uh, something about that really just bothers me. Ash weather and west weather and bullshit weather and blah.
0: A friend of mine just had a kid and they named their child with like a, a very Irish name. One of those that like, you know, you, you can't really pronounce the way that it looks because it's not normal English. And so uh, somebody else in it was like, <laughs> why, why would you do that? And I'm like, you know,
2: at least that's
3: actually a yeah. name. sure. Yeah, that's the name. Yeah, that's that's become very popular in the U.S. recently. Really? I had not
2: realized. Yeah. That. Because th- of Sersha Ronan.
3: I think that's why. I don't know. for <clears her>, sure, <throat> But yes, I have I've had several friends recently have babies and and they've named them Saoirse. So that's a thing. Interesting.
2: There's a clip where she's on some talk show. I can't remember if it's Kimmel or one of the other Jimmy's. How many Jimmy's are there? Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, like, and like that, they basically just have a list of Irish names and they, they hold them up so the audience can see how they're spelled and get her to pronounce them, like how they're correctly pronounced. And I was like, it is a trip. I got
0: a lot of that in uh, the uh, the Iron Druid Chronicles books. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, he's Irish and like the other main character also is a very Irish name. And I'm just like, I'm not I'm just going to figure out how I say him in my head. I'm not going to go by the, their pronunciation because it makes no sense to my. Brother.
2: I mean, this- there's a bit of in and files too, because they bring in. I do not know if it's like Celtic or Gaelic is the is the correct one, or if they're two separate things. But like that, like those areas of yep. mythology cool. and just like yeah, the way things are pronounced. Yeah, it's got the the she the which I still pronounce
0: it the way it looks because. The first time I read those, I didn't realize that it that that was the pronunciation that it, that came later. In fact, that may have come from me reading the Iron Druid books, where I realized, oh, that word is pronounced she. I still say Sid in my head because that's what it looks like. Yeah. But it also, I think it, in the Iron Druid books, they kept talking about this one creature that it was spelled like Bean Sid, and it was so long before I realized, oh, that's a banshee.
2: Yeah, that's a banshee.
0: Banshee. Okay, <laughs> that makes way. I was like. What? what There's a bean fairy? I don't understand. (laughs) Okay. Oh, goodness. Um, Yes. So Wax is grumbling. He, He broke the guy's nose, which apparently that set challenged him to a duel. And he's like, I probably saved his life by just breaking his nose instead of having a duel with a coin shot. That would have been idiocy. And this is when a dude just pops out of the bushes. A dirty face peers out and grins. Eyes milky white. Clips for the poor. Good, sir. And so uh, he is a beggar who in a minute we find out is Hoyd, which that seems to be his favorite disguise on this planet for sure.
2: Well, it's this planet. He did this on um, Cell as well.
0: Yep. And I like, Jairus is like, wait a second, are you wearing cologne? And uh, he's surprised. And then he grins. and is like, ah, it's got a good kick, which I bet he actually is just wearing cologne. And he did not expect anyone to catch that in his disguise. <laughs> and Wax is like, dude, you should get out of here. These are private grounds. I mean, he, Hoyt says, yeah, I know. I own the place technically. Now, what about those coins? And I, I want to know what he means by, like, does Does he really? That seems like the kind of thing he would say to, and actually be true somehow.
2: Uh, I assumed he means he's got dominion over the planet and no one else realizes ah. it. He's like, <laughs> nah, yeah, that's this, a good thought. this planet, this galaxy, it's all fucking mine. and You guys have no <laughs> idea. Like, he's, Man, he's to take, take over everything.
3: Yeah, I'm about to make you bend over. And so Wax gives him some money, and
0: as they're walking away, the beggar—Hoyd's uh, like, no, that's too much. Here, here's your change. And he throws the coin at Wax with exacting accuracy at his head. And Wax's like, oh, so not so blind after all, huh? And before any more can pass between them, the groundskeeper's like, not you again! And Hoyd just peers into the bushes.
2: <laughs> just, just imagine the groundskeeper Willie coming across this guy. He's going, yeah. ah! Oh,
3: <laughs> you! Not again! <laughs> Into the bushes. And then uh, and then Hoid's like, you're never going to catch me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, we uh, they, they get inside, and the doorkeeper's like, give me. And he's like, oh, we don't have anything that we want to check. And the guy's like, attendees must unburden themselves of items of a vulgar nature. And it takes Wax a second to be like, you want us to check our weapons? Is that what you're – and uh, he's like, you, you realize I'm a coin shot. I could kill – a dozen people with your cufflinks and the guy's like well we'd appreciate it if you didn't do that
2: <laughs> i kill you with the cufflinks C- could you not
0: <laughs> and they they have a lurcher on staff that he's like do we have to call him to like make sure that you're not carrying anything like that you're being honest with us And Max's like no no it's fine and he gives him his gun and the lady's like "You got some more right though he's like yeah okay he's, he's got like a holster on his calf with his little tiny gun And then we cut over to uh, Wayne thinking about banks and how rich people are so rich that they can build a big house just for their money to sit in and still have enough money to fill that house with. Yeah, it's true. And I I like his take that a bank is really just it's like to prove how unafraid you are of thieves because you're like, hey, look at this. This is where all the money is, but you can't have it. It's a giant sign erected to say rust off to everyone who passed by, which was magnificent. And so, yeah, Wayne has a plan. He's like, I'm going to be a rich fellow. And he pulls out a top hat and she's like, Hey, that's waxes hat. No, no, I gave him a, I I gave him a rat for it. A a rat minus the tail on account of his hat being kind of dusty when I took it.
2: Anything I can use to justify my, the theft from my very good friend. Yep. And, uh, He's like, you're gonna be my
0: niece, and she's like, I'm not young enough to be your niece. And then he like scrunches up his face to give himself a bunch of wrinkles and has his fake mustache, and she's like, Oh right, I forgot, you're disguise man, okay. While I'm distracting the employees of this fine establishment with a depository request, you shall steal to their records room. And she's she's not even arguing. She's like, Yeah, okay, whatever. As an aside, my dear, I'm not fond at all of your dalliance with the farmhand upon our estate. The bank's employees need to know how I toil with the next generation and this woefully inadequate ability to make decisions my generation found simple and obvious. I mean, you don't got to just say it like that. It's true. But <laughs> that is how every generation. And so they get up there and the guy's like, oh, we're sorry, we're about to close. And Wayne starts in on his shtick and Mariside just busts out her her. Ba- I'm going to call it a badge. It says an engraved credential plate. But uh, she's like, I'm Captain of the Illinois Constabular, and he'll look over some of your records. And Wayne is outraged. He's in his head. He's like, that's cheating. And uh, Wayne's Wayne's response to this is that, of course, we need to, like, pretend what's going to happen when we have to thump some people and run off with the ledgers. They're going to know it's us, and Wax will have to pay a big heap of compensatory fines. Oh, now you care about that. <laughs> well, yeah, when you don't let him have his fun. Yeah. And Mayor says, like, we're not thumping anyone, but no thumping. And he's like, geez, this isn't gonna be no fun at all. And so then we cut to the guy clearly delaying or like stalling and just uh I like Marisides, do you know how many crimes can be proven by looking at statistics? And he goes, considering the question, I'm going to assume it's a non trivial
2: number. It's like, I've got to remember that response.
0: Right? I love that. It's like I
3: suppose you wouldn't have asked if uh, the answer was very few. So yeah. <laughs> well, you guys uh you guys like to have responses at the ready to make you sound like assholes,
2: huh? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know. Well, when the question is also asshole-ish.
0: No, I'm just an asshole, so I I just, I'm always looking for new ways to. Sure,
2: to asshole it's, it up. Yeah. It's it's, 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 it's kind of like, you know, you're dealing customer service and you've got a Karen on the end. It's like, do you know who I am? And you're it's like, well, I get a feeling I'm about to find out.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, but I'm oh, sure you're about to tell me.
0: No, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a great response. It's like, well, I, I assume since you asked, you're someone
3: important in some way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or at least you have the capacity in your mind to believe you are. Important. <laughs> oh, that's even see that that's getting into like
0: insulting, really. Well, I assume since you ask, you think you're somewhat important. Yeah, um, I
3: mean, but that but that would be closer to the truth. It's like yeah, it is I, yet, yep. I, I assume since you're you you've just asked me that question, you believe you're up the utmost importance. So please <laughs> enlighten me to how important you are, you stupid yep. jerk. Okay, you're gonna have to give me a second. There's a cat making
0: a noise repeatedly behind me, and I'm going to try to get it to stop.
3: Uh. Shoot down the lava monsters. Why? What are you playing? Okay. Uh. Spyro 2, Ripto's nice. Rage. So you switched from WoW to Spyro? Yeah, my, my Xbox doesn't make a fan noise, and, uh. uh and also, uh.
2: Uh, there was a second reason, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> uh, so I had to, I had to message poet last night. So we finally got our nice shiny new TV set up. Yeah, I saw your uh-huh. thing about that. Oh yeah, that was that was the whole thing. But um, last night while Jamie was putting the baby to sleep, I thought, all right, well while I'm waiting, I'm just gonna quickly jump on and just tool around a little bit in Red Dead just to see what it looks like in this new shiny high def. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loaded the game. I'm like, this looks so pretty. And like two seconds after loading, a fucking panther mauled me. That's uh. That's isn't that demo, always right? the
3: way? Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That it, it
3: sounds like everybody's experience with Red Dead, getting mauled by a panther. It's like,
2: I forgot I was even in that part of the world.
3: Yeah, it's very funny to me with how much money they've made on GTA 5 online that they basically have abandoned Red Dead 2 online because they can't get it down the way like enough that people want to play it.
1: Hmm. So it's, it's like a much
3: newer game, you know. GTA five came out in twenty thirteen. The online component I think came out in like twenty fourteen. And yet they a game that came out in twenty eighteen, they've already
2: abandoned the online. Yep. I never even finished GTA five. I just didn't enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I bought it specifically to play with people online and then I just didn't
2: like I, I got it to play with the guys online and and then every time I loaded it up, it would take us like half an hour to actually start a mission. By that point, I had to leave anyway, so I'm like, mm, great, cool.
3: Yeah, well, it's hard to play that game, and I doubt he's gonna listen to this, but I'm I'm just gonna talk shit about poet for a second. It's hard to play <laughs> that game with him because he gets so there's so many things that he gets distracted by that it's like you don't get around to actually playing together. He's like, well, I gotta go, I gotta go pick up my cash from this job that I have. And I gotta go do this and do that. And so by the time yep. you actually get down to playing anything, you've been online for like 45 minutes to an hour. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I gotta go. Oh, poet. Um, okay, where was I here? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So the guy's stalling him or stalling them, and Wayne's sort of picking up on this. He also says the guy's part dolphin, which, okay. Um, I love that. <laughs> And he's just like, usually when someone stalls like this, it's because their mates are coming to uh, beat you up. So he's prepared for that.
3: (laughs) That's my fave. He's just like, yeah,
0: somebody's going to come beat me up, so I better get ready. (laughs) And it turns out that what happened was they telegrammed to Ellendell to confirm that Marisai was who she said she was. Which, yeah, probably smart. And uh, they get a telegram back from Reddy, who I guess did, did become Constable General for the Octant, as Marisai suggested. And it says they are indeed constables under my command. Please afford them every courtesy in your establishment, though. Do keep an eye on the short man and check your till after he leaves. And Wayne's like, <laughs> what the f- those co- those things cost a clip every five words to send that they to send. They do already wasted good money libel in me,
2: which, yes, that is hilarious. So my stock in ready has just jumped because, like, what a brilliantly sassy remark. He's also, like, he's he is helping. He's like, yes, no, it's true. Like, give them everything they need. Yeah. Like, Just keep an eye on that one. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you're helpful to the plot and you're Sass Wayne. Brilliant.
3: <laughs> you know, his character reminds me of, like, Commodore Norrington from the Pirates
2: films. That's what I envisioned for Ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a take. I, like I hate it. that guy. See, I always loved that guy because he was, like, the only character in, at least in the first movie, who was... Like, he was actually doing what was right by the law and not acting yeah. in his own
0: interests. I, di- I didn't mind him in the first movie. I will say that. I hate him in the second movie, and in the third movie, I don't
2: care that much one way or the other. Well, the third movie, he just <laughs> kind of mumbled something and then died, so.
0: Even in the first movie, he's, like, the creepy guy who was, like, already an adult sailor when she was a little kid, and then he wants
3: to marry her. I mean, uh, that's pretty common for the That was period. common for the slimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, from, it, is, it, is it creepy? Sure. Is it unexpected? Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of like, yes, it's a practice that we've abandoned in modern times because, you know, we can look back and see how creepy it was. But at the time, they didn't know it was just that was how society was. So, yes, it was wrong, but you can't just say automatically write it off as like, Ugh, that's awful. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah.
0: But I, I just had to count. There are 16 additional words in there uh, in the insulting Wayne section. So I guess that's like three clips that it costs to send the, the thing about Wayne
2: money well spent. I mean, he's telling the bank to protect their interests, and as we know from Wayne, it's not an invalid worry.
0: Nope. Well, and yeah, it, it even turns out to you know be relevant, although we'll, we'll get to that in a second because I love the way Marisai handles it. So Marisai wants a list of all the grave diggers, so she can see if they're putting more in their bank than their pay would account for. And the guy's like, you can't convict someone for that. And she's like, no, I'm just looking for direction. Like, I want to know who to talk to, basically. And after she looks through all the different people, she's like, all of them, they are all taking bribes for uh, uh, stuff off of the dead people. And she's like, I mean, I could have guessed that most corpses are buried with something valuable, if only the clothing. And the banker's like, wait a second, they're selling clothing from dead people? And she's like, yeah, or jewelry, whatever else is in there. And the banker goes, that's horrible. And she's like, yeah, but I mean, it's not that bad. The only crimes being perpetrated are against the dead, and their legal rights are questionable. I guess it's a fair point i've never considered um
3: whether dead people have legal rights okay
0: also this guy's name is mr areola which is just
2: it's a choice
3: yeah it's uh it's an unfortunate name
2: Yo, i wasn't gonna say anything but so thank you for saying something so yeah makes you feel better about it <laughs> yeah um so the,
0: the banker goes to open his desk drawer and he sees that wayne has a letter opener that is his He's like how did you even do any in in his drawer he finds a rat's tail which, there's the rest of that rat that Wayne gave to Wax.
1: Absolutely could have been the worst thing. I, I don't know what's worse about, like, if he's left a rat's tail, or that Wayne was telling the truth before about removing the rat's tail because it was too valuable. <laughs> like, you actually, oh, no, nah, that's so gross.
0: But my favorite part is the very subtle way. Marisai, I don't know if she knows exactly what Wayne took, but Marisai knows that Wayne has t- probably taken something. So just while the conversation is happening, she pulls a little bottle of brandy out of her purse and sets it on the table. And Wayne's like, oh man, I sure could go for some of that. And he eventually pulls out the letter opener that he's taken and trades it for the drink, which, and Marisai's like, okay. And then she gives the letter opener back to the guy. Like she came prepared for Wayne to steal some stuff and then she wouldn't have to address it. She just arranges for something to be there that he'll want to trade for, and he, that way they'll get the stuff back that belongs yeah. to people at the bank. And I love it. Very clever.
2: Yeah. Well-prepared, but still kind of just enabling his shitty behavior.
0: You're not wrong. I, I think in this case it's just more expedient that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally fair.
3: No fuss, no fighting, no talking about, like, if it was wrong or, no, it was a fair trade. It's like, okay, here's your here's your letter opener back. See ya.
0: Yep. yep. And so the guy's like, oh, you're going to go arrest somebody then? And she's like, well, no, we're not here to arrest anybody. I just need to know who to hire. Come on, Wayne. And we cut back to Wax and Steris at the party. And Wax is like, man, nothing's changed since I was a kid. I mean, you know, hemlines have risen and necklines have plunged. But these things are they're all the same. And it's kind of a it's, it's kind of a funny counterpoint to the original trilogy. And then who did not grow up in this world and was kind of amazed by it to Wax, who did grow up in this world and despises it. And so they have a talk about you know this and that what what I find kind of interesting is we get to the part where they're looking at this mural, and there's an the ascendant warrior rising above a flock of ravens, the typical depiction of the Lord ruler's wraiths of whom only death himself remained. so you probably don't want to just put inquisitors in your art because they're creepy as fuck, so
2: using ravens to represent them that's kind of I like that but I'm curious it's like do these ravens have spike eyes, hopefully not. <laughs> I mean that would that would look fascinating. It's like, "Oh, look at these murder birds with uh, <laughs> telescopes."
0: And there's an interesting like dynamic here where he's like they're not avoiding him, but if like if anything they're refusing to budge and trying to make him go around them because he's from Ellendale, their political enemy. So they're making a statement. He's like, "Oh, I hate this shit." <laughs> and then he orders a gin and tonic and gets a raised eyebrow from the barkeep as if that's not fancy enough, which I've never seen a bartender that would uh, condescend about the drink that you ordered, but yeah, okay. But if
1: Mate, not, eats, yeah. Like, I what makes a fancy drink?
3: Right? Mm. I mean, I guess th- th- they may not do it to your face, but I've known a few bartenders yeah, you came in and ordered a fuzzy navel. Well, okay, yeah. No, that I absolutely
0: believe, that, you know, behind your back, they will talk shit about you all day long,
2: but... Yeah, but it's like, if you do it to the customer's face, that's a surefire way to lose your tip.
0: I went to a... I, I went to the bank once when i was in college and i had a job having
2: drinks at the bank
0: no no i had the, the i had you know like this part-time <laughs> job uh parking cars and so i had a check that i was depositing that i got from the job and i was like you know what i'm gonna need like to grab some dinner tonight so i deposited the check but had like five or ten dollars that i wanted cash back from that check and it was it was like a friday afternoon and uh the guy pulls out like my five or ten dollars and he he or, or he looks at the thing and he's Starts to pull out the money. He's like, "Man, big plans for the weekend, huh?" And I was like, "Shut up!" Like I didn't say that, but I'm like, "What is it your business? How much money I'm like cash that I'm Plan. pulling out?" Yeah. What? What a ticket! Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, so that's what this reminds me of. Long story short, <laughs> so he's looking around, like, "Who are we going to talk to?" And he absently like tips the the guy, the bartender, a coin, and the bartender's like, "Um, I don't, I don't want to seem ungrateful, but..." This looks like it might be like a memento of some sort. And it turned. this is the coin he interprets or he uh, he figures out. It's like this is the coin that the guy outside threw at him, and it has symbols on it, like the ones on the walls in the pictures that, that Ray Lure took, the in symbols they could not interpret. And there's a face on the back of a man looking straight outward with it, one eye pierced by a spike. And it's made of two different metals so this is an all-around unusual coin
2: that threw me when i was in canada i know one of their coins has like a gold ring around like a silver yeah
0: like i think center,
2: centibit i think their loonies and toonies both have that yeah something like that it's like so th- this just reminded me of that i was like oh my god they're in canada but i think euro coins <laughs> do that too do yeah, Euros Euros
3: do. Do. i'm pretty sure mexican pesos also have something similar
0: Oh, okay. So maybe maybe it's just all over yeah, the place we're left out. <laughs> uh, okay, no, it's just the toonie in Canada that has the the ring. Right. Good. Sorry, Canada Canadians, I've only been there once. Uh, don't don't hate me. No, I've been I've oh, been twice, I guess. I'll get there someday. I haven't been there yet. I've been a couple of times. We we had some friends in London, Canada and in Toronto and I visited uh, those folks once upon a time. Okay, back to the thing. And she's like, man, uh, he shows us the the guy with one eye spiked, and she's
3: like, is that does that mean something? And he's like, not that I know of.
0: Do we know anybody with one
3: spike in the eye? Uh, well, at one time Marsh only had one spike in his eye. Oh, that's
0: true. Yeah, one of them got ripped out, but the yeah, last time Mar- I saw like, him,
3: he had them both back.
2: Yeah, Vin Vin ripped one out, but then in the 300 years in between, he put he put another one back in. I guess, yeah.
3: I mean, I get it. He probably wanted all of his powers.
2: Maybe, maybe it has got annoying, like
0: stuff gets in that hole and you got to try to clean it or something like that. <laughs> Oh, my head's a bit drafty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay, yeah, there, there's there's nothing good involved in that. <laughs>
3: oh, gosh.
0: And so, uh, yeah, they're going to go out and uh, talk to some people. Not Lady Kelsina, Kelesina, the hostess. Uh, not her right away. We're going to start with Lord Gave Entrone. You've had some minor business dealings with his house. And he's like, oh, yeah, I quartered his cousin one time. It went poorly. And so they go up to talk to this guy. And in short, he's an asshole. And uh, the other, the the people in, in Lord Entron's party keep, like, laughing at stuff Wax says. And Wax has no idea why. So that's uncomfortable just to start with. Like, they ask him, how are you finding new Saran? And he's like, well, it seems kind of inconvenient to get around, but nice otherwise. And they all laugh. And he's like, what? Okay. And uh, one of the ladies is like, oh, you, you'll you'll love it here lord waxillium the nightlife is fantastic and apparently they're not familiar with the fact that wax was a lawman uh gave's like there aren't any shootouts here though <laughs> and uh, I, he says i was a lawman in the roughs and she's like oh you oversaw like a city's constable precinct and lord Entron's like no no like a real life ride a horse shoot bandits type of guy and the lady's like how unique and then Steris pops in and she's like, oh, the, the accounts in the papers are exaggerated. Lord Waxillium's only been directly responsible for the deaths of like a hundred people.
3: So, <laughs> I don't know if she's trying to like stand up for her man in that moment, or if she's just making it worse. I don't really get her play here.
2: I
1: sort of took just, it as just a... a slightly misguided attempt at <laughs> making yeah. things better.
2: Yeah, I took it for <laughs> to like p- partly as that, but also partly as like, don't worry, he won't kill you unless he has to.
0: Yeah. But now th- that got me thinking like he killed a bunch of people in alloy of law. like he slaughtered miles' whole crew, oh yeah, twice actually because first at that at the at the banquet, the little wedding, and then when he went to their hideout and he killed like the rest of them. yeah, he like crumbled the entire hideout. So yeah. I feel like that that must represent like half of the 100 people he's killed. yeah and yeah, so wax is like uh you, you know let's not talk about that. Uh, I just want to thank you for all our years of profitable business. And the guy's like, oh, don't bring business into it. This is a party. And everyone laughs again and again. Wax has no idea why. And he's like, geez, I am really out of out of place. Uh, I didn't I didn't think I would be this rusty at this party. Crap.
2: It's really just strikes like the know the the middle class people trying to approach the rich people and talk to them. They're just looked down on for being like, oh, my, you're talking about business and a social engagement. Blah, How quaint. It's like when
0: Zoidberg was uh, trying to be rich with that $300 and all the snooty rich people are like,
2: whatever. (laughs) What a delightful impression of a poor is stupid person. (laughs) Zoidberg. (laughs) One art, please.
0: (laughs) And so, uh, he tries to redirect the conversation. He's like, Oh, Hey, Lord gave, do you have any hobbies? And the series is like, yeah, yeah. So that must be, you know, that's one of the things from her book maybe. And, uh, the women try to jump in and be like, "Oh yeah, he loves archaeology and relics, and he spends time at auction houses snatching things up." And he cuts her off, and it's like uh, turns the thing into an insult against uh, Wax, basically. So he's trying to redirect the conversation away from that area of discussion, which hmm, that's interesting. And uh, they have like, kind of a little snide off where uh, the guy has this this veiled insult about Wax being like one of those one of those noblemen who like goes out into the rough seeking a thrill where they don't belong, and uh, Wax like, well, it's better than wasting your lives doing the same old thing. And I guess like, huh, just supporting one's family is hardly original. People have been doing it since the days of The Last Emperor, which, yeah, I mean, I guess Ellen kind of disappointed his dad a lot, but that was because his dad was an asshole, so. And so uh, once again, Wax tries to redirect, so how's your cousin? And his cousin's name is Valette, which, uh, hey, we know that name, yeah, I guess. That, that name survived the
2: years. Yeah. Better than and, uh, fucking Westweather.
0: <laughs> it's better than Ashweather. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the guy takes that and he's like, oh, yeah, she, she's very pleased with her new. We're all very pleased with her new marriage. Uh, I'm sorry y'all's thing didn't work out, but he he's like when titles are part of a union, it's always unpleasant to see what crawls from the mist looking for a bone insulting Starris and her marriage her upcoming marriage to wax to ennoble her house, basically. And Wax uh, isn't going to take that shit and calls him a rat and reaches for his gun. Yeah. And uh, he gives the guy an excuse to leave. Yeah. At least Wax is standing up for stairs. Their relationship develops and I like it more all the time.
3: Yep. Yeah. I mean, sure. But reaching for your gun, even for (laughs) a guy like Wax, does seem like a bit too far. It's like, you insulted my woman. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Like, that's that's fair. That's not like polite. Like, you could call him a rat and be like. Uh, you know, that's not. That's certainly no gentlemanly way to talk to a woman. Like there are other things you could do as opposed to I'm going to shoot you now.
0: I don't know right. if he was, if he would have pulled out his gun. I feel like it's more of a thing where when things start getting No, I I, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's like when things start getting tense. Wax has his hand close <laughs> to his gun, so in case things accelerate, he's ready. I
2: guess, but I mean, that guy's obviously not going to pull out a gun. So I pull out my gun. You could have just you know, slapped him in the face. And, I challenge you to a duel, sir. Or whatever <laughs> this planet's equivalent of slapping in the face is. Flicking a coin right. in his face? Well, we know it's not a headbutt,
0: because that's how he ended the previous duel <laughs> challenge.
2: I mean, I'd like to see him headbutt this guy.
0: Let's be real. Sure, I'd go for it. But Sheriff specifically asked him not to have this party end up
3: that way.
2: Yeah, 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 right.
3: <laughs> I just imagined the carriage ride home. You headbutted him when I specifically asked you <laughs> not to. Yeah,
0: they would like like in, in a movie it would they would be in this party and he would do that insult and Wax would like give him a look and then it would cut to them on the carriage <laughs> ride right home and she's like again
3: really Wax <laughs> I can't believe you headbutted him he deserved it
2: uh, he, he just gets real country with it. he's like
3: well he done darn insulted my woman what was I supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs>
2: And <laughs> the possum uh, others are in the corner. It's like, damn it,
3: Paul, our cover's blown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, damn, son, number one, that was quite the headbutt.
2: Oh, but Paul, look at that guy. He's got, it's not quite blood. I don't know what that is coming out of him. Uh, I dare say it looks like he's got some kind of fruity drink coming out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, we wasn't supposed to order those on account of the bartender's always flipping us the bird. Yeah, he flips us the bird because we ain't got no money, son. I don't even know uh, how we got in here. Should have mugged that beggar.
3: The beggar should have some money. <laughs> he was blind. I felt like it was the wrong move. That
0: just <laughs> makes it easier. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, even the possums have morals. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it. Not for a second. <laughs> um, but wax wax apologizes for letting the guy get to him, and he's like, he did that on purpose. And Sarah's like, yeah, I, I think you're right. But we did learn something. The archaeology comment got too close to Holmes. So. and so let's see. There's a lady Felice Demu that they could talk to. So the Demu family is still going.
3: Uh, she's got to be a twin born.
0: Maybe not. And so Wax goes up to Lady Demu and introduces himself and asks for a dance. And that's when Chris shows up and is like, uh, it just pulls him out into a dance. And he's like, excuse me? She's like, no, no it's fine. I won't take but a moment. And so she has dark skin and uh, her hair in these braids streaked with gray, he says, which I don't know uh, was mentioned before. So maybe she has gotten a little older. And so she uh, she starts asking him some questions. Like, first off, did you know you're, like, a very rare specimen, a crasher? And he's like, well, I mean, any, they're not that rare. Or neither the coin shot or skimmer are that rare. And she's like, no, but all twin-born combinations are really rare. You're one of only three crashers ever born. And he's like, wait, really? I cannot, of course, be 100% certain. Infant mortality on stage reel is not as bad as some regions, but still shockingly high
1: oh I, I was surprised i was like three does seem really low though like really low
0: yeah. i was
1: expecting more like maybe rare but three you're yeah. almost like how does anyone know that they even exist
0: like mm-hmm. fairings as she mentions are super rare just because of like the terrace bloodline is kind of concentrated like they don't often marry outside of other terrace. so any twin born is probably like she says probably really rare Although we've met several of them in, uh, in these books, so they, <laughs> we just happen to keep running across them. we got Miles and Wayne and Wax and maybe that guy on the train. I don't think we knew for sure if he was actually twin-born.
3: Yeah. I wonder how rare Wayne's uh, twin-born power is then. Yeah. I think we, we still don't know the name of his
0: combination. Like We know Wax is a crasher. I don't think we have a name for Wayne's combo.
3: I thought it was a slider. Is that not what it is? No, that's his Bendeloy power of
0: uh, time bubbles. That's the sliding part. And then he's a blood maker with his ferrochemical power. But the combo, who knows? And uh, she wants to know what happens if he increases his weight while he's pushing himself through the air. He's like, who are you? Nobody important. I have little interest in your local politics. If you would kindly answer my question, I will let you be. And so he says, if I increase, I've I've increased my weight while moving. It doesn't do anything. Things fall at the same speed, regardless of how heavy they are. And she's like, yeah, but what happens if you're soaring through the air on a steel push and you make yourself heavier? He's like, well, I slow down. It's harder to push myself forward because I'm heavier. And she's like, aha, so conservation of momentum. And she brings up an interesting question, which I think we've asked before briefly. But it's like, when you store weight, are you storing up your mass or are you changing the planet's ability ability to recognize you as something to attract? And is there a difference? Which I guess that that does make sense. So uh, the way she describes it, it's like you're not getting slower because you're having trouble pushing, but due to the laws of physics, conservation of momentum. So if you're pushing X mass at Y with Y force, you have a certain momentum. If you're suddenly much heavier, then that same amount of momentum, that same amount of force doesn't get you moving with the – so yes, it's science. Physics she's studying here.
1: Had we had a similar conversation about this previously? When I was reading this, I was like, this sounds familiar, like not necessarily directly relation to to this, but like about the movement of the earth or this the planet or something. Like is it what's actually being affected?
0: Yes, I believe it may have even been when says first demonstrated this ability to like make himself weigh less. I think we kind of touched on it and discussed it a little bit. Yeah, okay. And so after she gets her answer, she just stops dancing and annoys all the other couples because they're in this big, like, complex dance thing. And she's like, please experiment further and send me word. Thank you. Now if I can just figure out why there's no redshift in speed bubbles. Just
2: just dial uh, 640 Cognitive Realm.
0: <laughs> and so Wax has to go and find the Lady Demu and apologize to her and then actually do a dance <laughs> with her. It's like, sorry about that. Where he's annoyed because all he hears is about her prize-winning hounds. <laughs> he spots Melon, a square-chinned, six-foot-tall dude bulging with muscles, and a bunch of young ladies are very interested in him. Him, her, whatever. And he, he's asked. He asks Staris to get him like some. What did he call it? Like I don't think he calls it club soda. Something non-alcoholic that he asks for. A seltzer is what he says. And so when he gets back to the table, and Staris has gotten him a drink. It's just a lemonade. He takes a drink and he's like, What's, "What is this?" And she's like, "It's soda water." And he goes, "It's yellow, all the rage here with lemon flavoring added, and about seven cups of sugar wax." Says, <laughs> "Well, it's not lemonade
2: because it's carbonated,
0: so it's more like like a like Sprite or something, I guess.
2: Except it's oh, just yeah, lemon, not lemon just, lime. Like, yeah, like a yeah fizzy lemonade drink.
0: Yeah, sparkling lemonade. Yeah. Sure. And uh, I, like Stairs takes a sip and she's like, "It's like champagne, only not." <laughs> and we have our next target, this guy who is an informant. So really, this is also a uh, a profession that has survived the passing of ages, uh, being an informant at a party. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the discussion where uh, she's like, "You can do this, Wax. This is what you've been doing for the last twenty years in the roughs, right?" And he's like, "Well, I could shoot people out there." And she's like, "Really? Is that how you solved all your problems? You just shot everybody?" And he's like, "Well, I mean, usually I just punch them." But.
2: And did you miss the bit where Sarah just necked half his drink?
0: I thought that was later. No, It's right,
2: one... it right, it right, it right, it right, before this. Like they're looking at him. It's right before the whole "you can do this" bit. And it's like he he looks at the guy for a while, then looks back at Starus and half his drink is gone. She's just like a mm, yeah. No, oh yeah. She's nothing. looking
0: innocently in the other direction. Yeah, she likes it. <laughs> it's like cool. I can't wait to see Starus on a sugar high. <laughs> and I'm like, who knows? Maybe he'll pull a knife on you and give you an excuse to punch him anyway. And he's like, don't get my hopes up. So we cut to. Marisai and Wayne at the Saran New District Cemetery. The gates are topped with a crouching statue of the survivor who is uh, depicted, you know, in his mist cloak with a spear rammed through his back, coming down through his chest and hanging below the center of the arch, which is just like, wow, okay, we're just going all out. I feel like that's dangerous, although maybe the gates are high enough that you're not going to run into the (laughs) spear. Sure. So she'd been raised a survivorist, and the gruesome imagery associated with the religion was familiar to her. <laughs> the doctrine of survivorism has it that Kelsier is not dead, but surviving and planning to return in their time of greatest need. Very King Arthur. And so Wayne is like, okay, look here. Or I guess Marisai starts, is the one who starts out. She's like, this isn't going to be like with the banker, who was reluctant but ultimately helpful. We'll have to use the full weight of the law here. And Wayne's like, wait, 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 wait. You're going to flash your goods at him, too? I really wish you wouldn't phrase it that way. And so Wayne has to admit, like, okay, you did a good job with the banker mayor That was really good. But it's not going to work with a guy like this. Besides, I already lifted your credentials. And she finds the empty bottle from the brandy that she gave, uh, left for him earlier. It's like, please, this isn't worth nearly the same as that. You will give the credentials back after we're done. He's like, yeah, if you fill the bottle in trade, convenience fee. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> It's just, not, it's just not cute anymore. <laughs> and so Wayne smashes up Wax's hat, makes a hole in it, uh, cuts one of the straps off his suspenders, and then c- cuts up Mara's size outfit because she looks too fancy. And uh, she's, as he's cutting up her outfit, she's like, don't get frisky. And he says, sooner get frisky with a lion, Mara, that I would. Which, that's kind of insulting, but okay. And I like, in the end, she's kind of impressed by uh, like what he managed here. like. He cut her outfit all up, but it actually looks, as she says, not ruined so much as used. Like, he does a really good job of uh, redesigning her outfit. Everyone looks at the chest first, Wayne said. Even women, which is kind of strange. But that's the way it is. Try not to open your mouth much on account of you normally sounding way too smart. I, I like her solution to that here in a minute. So they find the guy, and Wayne is putting it putting in an, putting in on an accent already. Although we find out in a minute that he as he listens to the guy, he kind of changes it as he talks. Just a little bit. And so the guy, uh, are you the sharpening
2: one they, a shovel?
0: Yeah. He's sharpening the shovel. I don't know if that helps with digging. I've never tried to sharpen a shovel.
2: I mean, just think yeah. about it. If the, if, the, if the dirt's really tightly packed, it might help you. Yeah. I believe really it.
3: Yes.
0: And so the guy tries to ask them to leave. And Wayne's like, well, I've got a business proposal. And the guy's like, I don't have any business that needs to be discussed this time of night. I'm an honest man. And Wayne's like, yeah, we've heard of your honesty. Everyone's talking about your honesty. And dude's like, well, if everyone's saying so much, then, you know, I've already got plenty of people with whom to share my honesty. I'm gainfully contracted. And Wayne's like, OK, but there's this isn't like that kind of thing. There's just one little item that we want. Nobody else will be interested. And now uh, the guy's like, hmm, maybe maybe we can talk here. And he calls the boy out and he's like, go do a round of the yard. Make sure we ain't disturbed. And I like Wayne calls himself Mr. Coins.
3: Before you get to that, I immediately – because when he tells the boy to go make a round of the yard, the boy's eyes get really wide, and I'm like, he's going to go call for somebody. That's exactly what that – that was a signal to that kid to go, like, ah. go warn somebody. So when we get to the cliffhanger at the end, I was like, yep, I was kind of expecting that. That that makes sense.
0: Somebody must have told somebody unless, unless Wayne and Marisai were being followed. And uh, so – they're, just, they're saying, look, no one else is going to give you anything for this one little thing we want. It's just of sentimental value. Belong to a friend of mine. And the guy turns to her side, He's like, are you that friend? And she speaks ancient terrace at him. And is like, I don't speak, Ska. Could you perhaps speak terrace? And Wayne's like, no use. I can't get her to speak proper no matter how much I try. But she's fine to look at, isn't she? And uh, so they described that there was an explosion. A bunch of people died. They want this little piece of, like, metal or whatever out of there. And the guy's like, okay, you know, if you got some money, I guess we can do this thing. And he hands him some banknotes, and the guy's like, well, they ain't coins, but they'll do. Come on. And that's where Marissa's like, you changed your accent. And he's like, yeah, I am aged it back a tad. Used the accent of a generation past. And she's like, there's a difference? Of course. Making me sound like his parents. More authority. And uh, Wayne and Deschamps have a conversation about being thrifty. And he says, the survivor, he didn't waste nothing useful. And Wayne's like, except noblemen wasted a fair number of them, which, yeah, that's true wasn't a waste. That was that. there was weapons testing. Got to make sure your knives is working. <laughs> oh, Kelsier, you crazy guy. You love stabbing noblemen. And then Wayne has a thing about, yeah, I, sometimes I do a lot of testing. Got to make sure they don't break down in the middle of a good killing. And so Deschamps tells them to sit down until he's going to get to digging. And that's where we cut back to Wax. And Wax goes over to where the informant is, and he kind of stands back and uh, waits the guy was by a fish tank which stood beneath a depiction of Tindwill,
2: mother of terrace. That's a title. Yeah, right.
0: And in the tank, there are little octopi that go around.
2: Does your version of the book say tiny octopuses as well? It does say octopuses, yes.
0: <laughs> and so the guy waves him over and he's like, I expected you to be arrogant. And what makes you think I'm not? Well, you waited. It's like an arrogant man can still be polite. And so apparently... Uh, they don't feed the octopuses octopi i think i've read that both are actually acceptable so for a week before the party because that way they can put on a show by putting fish in there and you see the octopuses eat them
3: i don't know that much about octopuses but i think they could easily not eat for a week and they wouldn't like be starving
0: no idea and the guy talks about how the basin is a cage just like the octopi in the cage Harmony created for us this perfect world that nobody ever leaves. And Wax is like, well, I mean, I did. Yeah, to the roughs, but what's beyond that? Beyond the deserts, across the seas, nobody cares. People can ask questions, but where there is no money, there are no answers, Devlin says. And Wax is like, ah, that's funny. He's he's like found a very subtle way to work into the conversation that he wants to be paid for information. And so Wax pulls out the coin and he's he, he, he has his uh, kind of... Poetic way of saying it. Basically, he's like, what can you tell me about this? I will pay for that information. And so he says that the coins like this have been moving through black market antiquities auctions lately, which is weird because there's no actually reason to keep them secret. It's not illegal to sell them in open auctions. So,
1: yeah, I wasn't expecting them to be like, oh, yeah, like they're around like the way wax was like, oh, what's this? Right. Like, he to be need... rarer than that.
0: Wax was also not expecting that. He's like, wait, you just OK. Yeah. All right. And apparently uh, Gave and Trone, who we met earlier, bought a few and uh, then suddenly stopped and the pieces are no longer being displayed in his house. So he found something out about them or something. And so the guy wants 100 bucks or uh, or boxings for this information. And is like, okay, well, I want more information than that if you want that much money. And he says that a quarter of the city's nobility is embroiled in whatever is going on, whatever is being covered up. First, I was curious and now I'm terrified. It involves a massive building project to the northeast of here. Don't know what it is. Some farmers have seen it, claimed Alamancers were involved. News died before it even got here. And so, what about the explosion a while back? An attack by this murderer from the Ruffs, who uh, I assume is uh, we're talking about Ape Manton here, although he doesn't say it. And Wax, is like, do you believe that that's true? And he goes, well, didn't kill any Metalborn. So, that's kind of Ape Manton's deal, apparently. So, that is weird. And Devlin tries to give him a warning where he's like, the stuff you're worried about, that's not the big threat right now. The other people in this room, the ones not involved in the conspiracy, the ones who care about how their cities are being treated, that's the danger you should be worried about. That you're not, You're not paying any attention to that. Personally, I'm curious to find out how many lives the Basin's first civil war claims. Good day. And it's interesting to me that Wax really doesn't seem that I mean, he he thinks about it. He's like civil war and then it says he feels cold, but he's more concerned about this building project and whatever the alchemancers are. He doesn't take that warning very seriously, I feel like. Then he runs into Lady Kelesina and I I like he felt a spike of panic which he then shot in the head and dumped in a lake. He's not getting <laughs> intimidated. Very very creative writing there. I like that. And she says that uh he should find the main address being given by the mayor of Bilming to be very interesting. I'll be certain to get you a transcript to bring back to your peasant governor, which geez. All right. I mean, we know he's like the first governor who's not noble, but you don't have to be a dick about it.
2: Rich folk. They always look down on the non rich folk.
0: And so wax, I guess, realizes that he's not going to be able to go toe to toe with her on this whole, like, you know, political, secrets and shit. So he kind of just pulls it out. He's like, although I I do like when she asks about Wayne, he's like, I'd sooner have brought a horse to the party. It would be better behaved. (laughs) And so he just pulls out the coin and it's like, uh, Hey, what can you tell me about this? I asked some folks and they got really pale. So I think it has to do with those rumors about like that big dig happening in the Northeast. Right. So he, he just kind of lays out everything that he's found out.
2: He just comes in like a bulldozer.
0: Yeah. And he's trying to play dumb. But he's like, I don't think that she believes that I'm that dumb. Like, And she kind of just runs off. She's like, uh, can I find you later? Bye. And Starris, uh has gotten another cup of the sweetened <laughs>
3: yellow drink.
2: She's going to be hooked on this shit. Right? She needs She's going to bring gonna it be to
3: like, uh, Wax, can we have like this for my birthday next year?
0: <laughs> she needs to be the first. Uh, the house, Waxilliam's house can be the first to import this
3: drink and make a bunch of money in Ellendale. She's like, Starus, why are you shaking so much? I'm not, am I? <laughs> yeah, she's got like a cup counter at the bottom left corner of the screen. <laughs> and then Ding. when she gets to 300, she's like super fast. The same <laughs> episode we were referencing earlier. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's, it's one of the best episodes.
0: It's a good. 300 one. Big Boys this is a good episode. I've been watching through the the newer uh, ones that I hadn't, uh, or that I thought I hadn't watched. I don't remember if I if I talked to you all about this since I did, but it's weird because. I'm in the second of the new seasons now and every single episode when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I've seen this. I just completely forgot about it. Like, They they don't stay in my mind like the original episodes do. Maybe it's just because I have the DVDs of the originals and I've watched them a million times, but uh, I'm just like, I thought I hadn't seen any of these and I've seen every one of these.
2: I mean, it could be. It, it is something I do experience when, like sometimes when I'm reading a book. The f- like The first time I read through it, I might just forget most of what happens and then it's not until after mm. I read it a second time that the details all stick in my head and i remember them clearly even when i'm not reading them so sure that
0: yeah, makes sense well, yeah i just started uh, the episode called like all the president's heads or whatever oh yeah that was not bad and so wax basically tells staris like yeah i kind of just i told her everything that, that i figured out tried to act dumb but i don't know if she bought that wayne's better at that than me he's a natural <laughs> and so he's like if th- if this were the roughs and i was confronting a criminal but didn't have evidence this is what I would do. Let it slip that I was suspicious and then watch where they go. He's like, I wasn't going to out talk her, but she's not used to being chased by the law. So she will make rookie mistakes that even a first time stagecoach robber would not make. So Starris like, well, we need to follow her then. And Wax is like, yep, that's the plan. I might have to start a fight and get thrown out. And this is where Starris reveals that she came prepared for this. <laughs> Something to cause a distraction. <laughs>
3: yeah, Quite a yucky distraction at that. She
0: has syrup of Ipecac and salt root to induce vomiting. She thought somebody might try to poison them.
2: Oh, that old chestnut. Which, I mean, okay, but just, she doesn't even hesitate. She's like, oh, we need to get thrown out? Okay, let me just puke my guts out all over the table. And she just goes for it without pausing. I was like, holy shit, you are committed. Yep.
0: She's like, I though I considered it only a small possibility, it's best to be prepared. And then she just downs the whole thing without no discussion, no hesitation, just boom, done. And then she goes I feel like
1: in here too, okay, you think through. all right, we're going to be poisoned. Yeah, I've, I've got to go and vomit. Why do you have to do it in a public setting? Why could you why could you not just go? because like, in this case you haven't been poisoned, but you say you're feeling unwell and had to go? I mean, visually, I guess people go, well, yep, she's actually really unwell.' that's, that's pretty bad. But really that was the only thing we could think of.
2: <laughs> I, I guess no, I was going to question it if they. Like, if she went to the bathroom first, go, oh, she said she was sick, but I don't know. But if she does it there, everyone's just like a, well, no ambiguity. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> yep, okay, time to go. Bye. There,
2: bye, it got in my wine. Oh, my. I, Good lord.
0: She tells him, you might want to get out of the splash radius, so to speak. <laughs> and yeah, and then she just starts vomiting all over the table. Poor stairs.
3: She is... Like, look at this. This is like a ride or die uh, fiance you have here. Wow. Oh, you need me to cause a distraction here? Let me puke everywhere. Oh,
2: gosh. And we cut like, back to this, 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 this is the person who would proverbially do anything for love but not do that. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, we,
0: we cut back to Wayne and Marisai. Oh, that's a great place to end. It's just vomiting all over. <laughs> and he's Wayne has pulled a sandwich out of somewhere. He, he waves it at Marisai, like, hey, you want a bite? And she's like, uh, no. No, I do not.
2: Sugar? Sure. Sorry, it's not packages. You want some cream? Uh, no.
0: And then we get her reading the headstone of a baby, which is, that's just sad. And then she sees, like, a figure in the mist. It's like, oh, what, who's that? What, what's going on? And then she gets closer. It is a statue of the Ascendant Warrior cut out of black marble, eight feet tall, not looming like Kelsier's, but poised like it was about to take flight. And she's she starts talking to Vin, like, I wanted to be you. Every girl does, I guess. Who wouldn't after hearing the stories? I'm not sure that I would after hearing the stories, but I don't know what your stories are like, because
2: the stories are of a little girl who toppled an empire and kicked the shit out of God.
0: Mm. Vin didn't have the best time uh, for most of her life. But yeah, it's okay. really
2: like they they leave those out. You know what biopics are like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and and I mean and I mean yeah, we definitely a lot is left out. Marissa is like, "Were you ever insecure?" And I was like, "Was Vin ever insecure?" Yeah. That was uh that was half her personality was insecure. Yep. It just makes you like Vin more. But did you get jealous, frightened, angry? I'm not sure that she was the jealous type ever. Uh but angry, yeah, probably. And she says, if Vin had ever been an ordinary person at any point, the stories and songs had forgotten it.
2: Love it. You know, she can kill with a glare, tease out secrets no one else knew, and fight off armies of enraged coloss all on her own. Where's the headbutt, guys? Come on! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Marisai's just just like, man, she leaves a hell of a reputation for the rest of us to live up to. And I do like, Deschamps takes out some booze while he's digging, and Wayne's like, hey, you want to share? My gramps always said, never share your booze with a man who ain't shared his with you. And he's like, but that way nobody shares their booze with anybody. The like, no, it just means I get twice as much. <laughs> I like that. And then Wayne cocks his head after taking a bite of sandwich and then grabs Marisai under her arms and flops, flips her into a grave. And that's when the gunshots start, which I, I like that Wayne is very experienced with this. And he's the one who's like, wait, he spots the, the sound in the in the dark mists and knows exactly what it means. And that is the end of uh, our chapters. So yeah, uh, predigments, I guess we've we've already done a couple of uh, of interesting thoughts and things. But what do you guys think? What's coming up?
1: So, I yeah, I was onto Chris. So that's 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 a predicament gone. Hoyd having some kind of bigger role in the Cosmere. Yeah, that's that's fairly obvious from his statement as well. I was thinking. Oh yeah. So I was thinking that because our our host of the party. She's obviously involved in some capacity. Perhaps it was the boy telling her that Wayne and Marisai were there because she was already she already knew about Wayne and was kind of like, oh, I'm sad not to see your friend here. So then I would say that she's probably given some kind of order to kill them or or something like that. So I think I think that's where she's involved in that. So we'll see more of her. That's really all I've got at the moment, because their storylines really kind of tied together at that point. I think mm-hmm. you know i i I'm not sure if we'll see Wayne and Steris make it to the graveyard. I mean, I know they they know where they are. I don't think that our host lady will go to the graveyard. um that seems a bit bit strange, but perhaps it'll lead them back to somewhere with some more of these artifacts that have been dug up or something and and go from there but that's that's kind of really all I've got at the moment it's interesting I'm, I'm interested in sort of the the archaeological kind of side that's popped up um hmm. yeah and I was like good on you Wayne I'm glad Wayne's got good hearing because <laughs> that did really come out of nowhere <laughs> but yeah that's that's kind of all I've got for predictions today
0: I like you I like the connection that you've made between it's like we think somebody's left the graveyard to alert somebody. And well, I mean, it looks pretty certain because some people showed up with guns and then Kelsina yeah. is like, hey, what, what, what about your friend? Where is he? So, yeah, that's that's a good uh, that's a very good connection to me.
2: So I'm not really sure where we're going from here. Yeah, I, th- I was thinking about the various people we ran into at the party and who of those might come into play later. I think uh Entron is just gonna be like an a uh, like a little bit of a stepping stone. he'll be just be one of those characters who talks a big game, but then he's act- like he will be involved in the plot of the villains somehow, but he's also just gonna be a complete weakling who like wax or Wayne will just smack him around a bit and he will just crumble mm. Who else did we meet? Like it was Lady Damu who we didn't really see too much of, and I'm just like, part of me's like, now yeah, is that suspicious? Are we deliberately looking away from that character, but like she was still brought up so she is important? Or is she just like just kinda of there to you know be another person to meet? And then there's the informant who I'm just like, alright, you've definitely got bigger aspirations. Could you be like trying to stoke a civil war to try and get on top of that? I don't know. The thing that really got my attention was the fact that this time Hoyd is more involved rather than just giving a bit of cursory information or holding on to supplies for someone. He actually gave Wax a coin that has really moved the plot forward. So that says to me, all right, whatever they're up to is actually directly a part of Hoyt's plan, whether or not it'll pay off in this book or not. Now we know that Sazed is distracted by something else because the Kanter were a bit worried about, yeah, Harmony's not answering his phone or whatever and they're all worried about trell and i'm wondering if is Hoyd trying to set things so that the t- so that the various shards come into contact with each other because we know that you know obviously we've talked before about we made jokes about how Says would rock up to the shard reunion and everyone's like who the fuck's this guy and we talked about how trell's probably another shard coming back to see what's going on so is Hoyd trying to stoke the conflict by getting one of harmony's prized agents directly involved in this or pointing him in the right direction to push the conflict. Yeah, I don't know, but like something about like, just the fact that this time Hoyt just didn't show up for a funny conversation and then take off again. He actually gave Wax something, which Wax is now directly using quite a lot through the party to get information, and we saw how much Kelesina uh, got freaked out that he had it. What, like Hoyt's got a much bigger stake in whatever's going on than he has previously, so yeah, there's got to be some big God conflict coming up, maybe in the postscript of this book, maybe in this book, maybe in the next one. I don't know. Mm. Maybe this, maybe this one has like the empire ending where you realize, holy shit, what, what have we done? So yeah, we'll see. But like that, yeah, that incident just really set my head to spinning.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of what, I mean, he gave Kelsey or some information the first time we met Hoyd. I don't know that it was, you know, super, I don't remember exactly what it was. And then he was an informant that Vin didn't talk to. So that's not, and then yeah. I guess he, he helped he helped Serini move guns or whatever, or not guns, weapons in Elantris. So yeah, this may be the most helpful in advancing things he's been. That's a good point. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Okay.
0: Uh, I, I like this idea of a big god fight breaking out that we're going to get to watch.
2: Yeah. Maybe he's like hoping, all right, let's let these... I wasn't here for the last one, but let's let the two shards kill each other. And then uh, who's there to pick up the pieces? Old Hoid.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, so...
3: I'm not sure either where we're going exactly. Um, So we got... Wow. I've just got nothing. I really (laughs) don't have anything. I really don't know. I don't know what's going on. Okay. I don't know where we are. I don't know who I am. I don't know. I'm confused, mainly. This has been a very confusing book for me.
0: (laughs) Okay. Stuff's happening. Who knows what it is? Uh, All right. Well, then let's get into we have a bunch of emails i'll probably only read some of them because we haven't recorded for a while so they've piled up so we'll do and then but first of all off, right we have one new review that i will read and then joe can give them a a, a alamance c power so this one is from muli wan m-u-l-l-i space w-a-n on apple podcast it says helps with rereads. Five stars. Um, always loved getting other people to read Cosmere and asking their theories along with the way, and this fills that void. Using this to supplement rereads as prep for Lost Metal. That is, the 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 next Miss book that's coming
3: out in November. In case anyone was unclear. So, my friend, thank you for sending us a review. You are a pulser. Ooh, like Marisai. Yeah. We love Marisai. Okay. Thank you for the review.
0: If anyone else wants to leave us an Apple podcast review, five stars will get you jumped into the misting crew by Joe. So the first email is from Sasha. And I actually mentioned this one the last time we recorded because she sent me an, a follow-up email the next day being like, did that make sense? Cause I was kind of sleepy when I wrote <laughs> that. So if, if, uh, if anything, as I'm reading, this sounds weird. That's why not because, uh, I, I messed up when reading clearly it's all on Sasha. <laughs> So Sasha says, I personally suspect the terrorist pacifism is more cultural than religious or at least started that way because we, we – this is in reference to like you know, Wax's grandmother and the village and how they're all like they're, – they're kicking him out for bringing violence or death into their village or whatever. Uh, she says, in real life, you often have small insular communities where everything is peaceful and neighborly and we're all good people, not like those nasty outsiders with their drug abuse and crime rates and kids these days. Those things don't happen here. And if they do, it's the fault of those people. It wasn't. If it was done by one of us, it's no doubt the bad influence of those people. And if one of us is trying to expose some sort of problem, well, how dare they go around stirring up trouble? No one likes being forcibly shown that they are not, in fact, better than everyone else, and people may lash out against the messenger. So the mindset goes double if the community is religiously or ethnically different from those people. Our whole way of life is different. Of course, we're better. Our betterness is living proof that we're right. So the, the terrorists spent a thousand years as humble, servile stewards, then they founded their own isolated religious commune. I can totally see our way is to be humble and peaceful, spiral into extreme pacifism and don't ever rock the boat. On a related note, like humble servitude, those V-striped robes also went from imposed on us by our oppressors to authentic terrorist cultural heritage trademark. I find it interesting that the robes in particular were still a thing after the final empire, given how tangible a symbol of slavery they were.
3: Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's turn of uh, not turn of phrase, but you know, turnabout. Like you, what you meant for slavery, we mean as a symbol for our people and our freedom. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. Wasn't to the time of while wow, That's a huge block of text, Sasha. So yeah, I, I I hadn't actually thought about the robes that way, but it's true that uh, they were representative of some. But yeah, they 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 took it back, like Randall and clerks too. Took it back. Not not like Randall. That was don't don't do anything like Randall. Don't.
3: No. I if there's anything in my life that I've learned, it's don't be like Randall.
2: <laughs> you don't want to be like Dante either. No, yeah, really fair.
3: neither one of them are great role models.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the, the second email is from
0: Alan and the subject line says, Five star, love the podcast. Now what kind of misting am I? Greetings, everyone. I found your podcast a few weeks ago after rereading The Final Empire. I was in desperate need of something else to go along with getting back into Sanderson's work, and the show is exactly what I was looking for. I'm so glad there are several years of back catalog for me to catch up on, and I've been reading along with the episodes, although I will admit, with Lantris, I hadn't read it before, and I lost my patience and read through the whole book, just listening to the thoughts on the chapters and predicaments. The show is amazing. (laughs) I love the dynamic of y'all's personalities and different viewpoints, although the spook hate seemed out of nowhere.
3: Uh, i don't i don't wait everybody who says that are you guys reading the same book that I'm reading <laughs> like it's not out of nowhere the guy's an ass like he's an ass
0: to be fair it started just because he talked differently that was the beginning of the hate i guess uh, and joe hates everything that's different obviously yeah purely <laughs> no that, that, that that was, yeah that, that was a joke he says, the only books I've read have been the Mistborn Trilogy and Alloy of Law, so this is helping me expand my knowledge of the Cosmere. Keep doing such an awesome job. Can't wait to catch up with the show. P.S. I don't have Apple anything, so this is my five-star review. Oh, okay.
3: Well, you know, when he said that uh, he'd only read Alloy of Law, these are the only books I've read. For some reason in my brain, that translated to, I've never read another book ever. <laughs> <laughs> And I was really confused for a second, and then I was like, "Oh, he means in the Cosmere. Okay, I, I got it now. Yeah. But you know, given that was my first impression of the guy, I'm gonna have to go. You know, I, I think about people who probably don't read books. I'm gonna have to go with a thug. I mean, Hammond is the exception, obviously the warrior philosopher, but yeah, yeah, Good guy
0: Ham. I love Ham. Uh, okay, thank you, Alan. That was that was fun. I like that one. Uh, the next one is very short. It is from Thomas. It says, Storms, y'all release some rusting good sheet. S-H-E-E-T. Totally metal, for sure. Wasn't to the time of next. Colo?
2: That's the email. Nice puns, bro. Yeah. But What an email.
0: That it's that just, was a hell of a thing, Thomas.
2: It's just very to the point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, we got four more. I'm going to read one more. Uh, the next one's actually from uh, Vigo, but they've included comments on several chapters all the way up to 29. So I'm going to keep your email for a while until mm. we get through those chapters. So we'll go back Do you to go another your cat or uh, two G? <laughs> okay. And it doesn't say the Carpathians. So I would be impressed if it was the cat who wrote the email. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be very impressed. Yes. So we got another email from Sasha, which to be fair was sent long after that first one. It's just been a while. Um, It says impartial defensive spook.
3: All right. All right. Hold on. You can't read the rest of it. Move on. Actually, go right, on to the next email. I, I can't read the
0: rest of this because actually she's she's talking about the epilogue for this book. So,
3: oh, well, there you go. Now we know Spook's going to be in the epilogue. Thanks a lot. No, I,
0: I I didn't say that, but just the, in, in, in the opening section here, it's like I've got a, a letter from the future. This one for the Bands of Morning epilogue episode.
3: Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. I got you. But well, I, I, I won't comment anymore
0: on that. Anyway, sure. And then we actually have, okay, well, I'll I'll do this one because it's from Toad, who says, hey, y'all, new fan here, just started listening a few weeks ago. I'm currently listening to you guys go through Well of Ascension, and I'm loving it so far. Their ability to notice a pattern in Sanderson's work is a real testament to how well foreshadowed the plot twists are, despite the veil of mystery. The way I read, I form less theories during my read-throughs, but I think I shall, on future books, try your chapter-by-chapter approach. The radiant joy y'all have seeing predictions come true or fall apart seems too good to pass up.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Joy is certainly something that I would uh probably not use when referring <laughs> to my uh the aching grind of reading two chapters at a time. Oh.
1: Uh, it is definitely a, a different experience, but, yeah, there are definitely points where you're like, oh, my God, I just want to keep reading this book. Yeah. You know, get hard. Yeah.
3: Right. I mean, you know, it's like it's almost like I'm at school again and they're like, OK, <laughs> read these two chapters by next week and write a report on them and, you know, figure out the, the themes and all that stuff. But, you know, I dig it. So, for instance, when the
0: chapter ends with, like, bullets flying through the air out of nowhere, you're like, Man, I really would like to know what happens next. Yep. And then I'm wait, interested to know. Then you wait three weeks to record the next episode.
3: <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> that, that ain't all on me. No,
0: no. It's like one week was me, and then there was a week of, like, Joe and Jamie both had issues. Uh, and then yeah, it was just I, – I, I put in the Discord the other day. I'm like, I don't think there's going to be an episode on Monday. The last, like, three weeks have just been a comedy of errors. And it it came down to like.
1: Has it really been our, three weeks?
0: I think it has. And it was like our, yeah. we, were, we, we were two episodes ahead, and now we're one episode mm. behind. We had one in the bank, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, and then you know Thursday was our last ditch effort. We were going to record it, and I was going to hurry up and edit it so we would have an episode for Monday. And then you know people get sick; these
2: things happen. So you know there's nothing yeah, you can do about it. There's been a lot of illness going around lately. In the the last couple of months, like, the amount of illnesses that have been in this house have been fucking crazy, including the COVIDs.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, you guys had COVID. I had COVID. There was – it's just been a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. But the end of Toad's email is, in any case, with how much everyone loves spook eastern slang slash high imperial, I felt obligated to share this Reddit post – have having oh, the okay. ising of fun. And it's that one that I told you about where somebody wrote the first chapter out in streets. Line-less. Oh, so. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. Thank you everybody for the emails. Always love there's, there's lots of fun stuff in there. So if you'd like to send an email, the email address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. There was a whole thing in the discord the other day about, uh, what somebody gave somebody the email address without the D on at the beginning. And it's like, nope, that's not going to work. It's the at gmail.com. <laughs> you can find the us one on and Facebook. only. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, all sorts of places. Somebody sent me a message on Facebook yesterday being like, "Hey, can you give me a link to the Discord?" Which I'm always happy to do. If you can't find one out there easily, shoot me a message anywhere and I will 100% send you one. For next time, we are reading 3 more chapters, 14, 15, and 16, and that will bring us to we are forty-five percent of the way through. At the end of this, uh, at the end of chapter thirteen, we will be fifty-three percent of the way. At the end of that, so we are at the halfway point in the book, more or less, at this right now. Ooh. So all downhill from here. One hundred percent Sanderlanch from here on out, right?
1: We've still got another thirty percent before things really start happening.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna Sanderlanch our brains out. <laughs> so yeah,
0: if you're following along, three chapters for next time. And see, there was somebody who wrote in this week who was totally
3: following along with some of the early stuff. So that's uh, that's really awesome. I like when people go back and find podcasts that, like, have been going for a while and then they catch up. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Power to
0: you. Also, hello to
1: future you.
3: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. You, like,
0: several (laughs) weeks or months from from now. (laughs) Uh, But yes, we appreciate everyone, whether you've been listening from the beginning or whether you just found us and are digging through the back catalog and will someday get here. Thank you. For listening, music by miracle of sound, and wasn't to the time of next. Coolo
1: steam train running on a reckless rail, speeding right up to the rising gale, shovel harder because we're on the tail
0: London's very